Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast where we're going to be speaking with the SoCal punk band Radical Radical today. They have a new album out called I Feel Like I Want To, which is the debut album. We're going to speak to the band right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock bands around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast. To say that I'm excited about this episode today is probably an understatement because I'm going to be speaking with Radical Radical about all the awesome music and plans they have coming up. And I also pry into their innermost thoughts and memories to dig up some really cool stories as well. So welcome to the show, guys. How are things? I love that. That's awesome. Uh, it's going well. Yeah. 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 I think, I think we're on season. You know, the band is out of full length out and shows coming up this month and next month and i don't know it just kind of feels like a wide open sort of who knows what's going to happen next kind of thing you know awesome so if anyone is listening yeah. to the podcast and thinking well who the heck is radical radical well i probably should mention that adam uh, lorbach here who's the lead singer and bassist and architect of the band is also a founding member of the orange county punk band homegrown which is one of my favorite bands from when i was in high school i listened to um act your age and, and kings of pop for Many, many years, uh, still do uh, regularly. And if you would have told me 20 nice. years ago that I'd be hosting a rock podcast that I got to interview Adam from Homegrown, I first would have said, what the heck is a podcast? But then once you explained that to me, I would have said, that's pretty damn awesome. So thanks for doing the show today, guys. And uh, thanks, Adam, for all the great music. I've listened to you for years. Nice, man. Yeah, and back then, right, if you even knew something about that, you'd be picking up your uh, your corded phone and calling your friends or maybe paging some people to let them know. <laughs> Times <laughs> exactly. have changed, man. Exactly. Well, so yeah. it's great to have you here and catch up and, and talk about the new project and how it all came together and, and how you all collectively kind of came to add experience to the band. So um, I, I believe initially this was just a solo project um, from from just you kind of putting out some new stuff and figuring out what you wanted to do musically. Is that pretty much correct, Adam? Yeah, that's right. Do you want the long answer or the short answer? Be as long and specific as you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of a loaded question, right? It it. Yes, it did start with me, um, but it didn't really start out as any intention of being a band, any intention of being a, you know, pop punk sort of rock, any rock sound, any of that. It was honestly just uh, poetry as a response to a really dark season. I went depression for, for probably a good year or so, and it was kind of a way of um, digging myself out of that grave, so to speak. And sort of putting word and language and, and art to it because it's kind of all it's kind of what I knew to do, but it wasn't really lyrics or songs. Um, but as I was coming out of that season, and you know, obviously to my family, to a lot of my close friends who helped me through that, um, my faith too, um, all of this combined, sort of just stepping out of this. Now I felt like, man, this is. It, it almost felt like a message, like it, it could be helpful, and. I just sort of started twisting some of those lyrics into a pop punk sound. And it was, I mean, Isaac, it was instantaneous. It was, it was effortless. 
because back in the old days when I was like in homegrown and stuff, I'd write a lot of music and melody and then I'd have to shove lyrics into it. And yeah. it was like, it totally worked, right? But I would just, I mean, it'd be so hard to try and get, well, what I want to say, gosh, this is going to be forever. Is this going to be stupid? Is it going to be timeless? Does it need to be timeless? You know, you overthink it. How does this word fit into the melody? You know, all of those things, it, it, it's a little bit tougher. But when you have, you already know what you want to say and you're passionate about it, then you just kind of make a melody around it and the music sort of finds a place around what you want to say. And so that's kind of a different approach, radical, radical, and honestly, very refreshing. So I'm on a response to a dark time and hopefully, you know, it was hope for me. It was therapy for me and hopefully it's, it's helpful to other people too. Yeah. And, I and fun, do, you know, fun music too, obviously. Yeah, exactly. I do want to touch on that because, you know, in some of the songs, like I feel like I want to, and I'm not okay. And that's okay. You definitely talk about the emotional side of not just, you know, just being a human, but it seems to highlight the fact that you suffer from depression and, and anxiety and stuff is how did you come to find out like that was something that was going on? Or did you always just kind of have that within yourself and had to fight that over the years? Uh, no, honestly, it was uh, when I turned 40. So, you know, confessions here, I'm an old man. <laughs> And, Holy shit, because uh, I'm about to turn 40 in like 12 days, so you're scaring me. Okay, it's about to get real, bro. <laughs> no, hopefully, you know, hopefully you're fine or whatever. But, you know, for me it was um, when I turned 40 and just shortly after that, I think when you enter that that sort of that season of life, you, you become a little bit more uh, introspective. You start thinking about where you've been, where you're headed. And uh, there are certain tools, things like, uh, I don't know if people might have heard of the Enneagram, certain things like self-awareness tools, tools to discover how you respond, the way you do, how you interact with people, what are some core motivations for you, some of those things. And I realized there's a lot of things that I never really saw in myself that were motivating me or driving the things that I did or the way I responded to conflict and all this stuff. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm figuring out things that I felt like at the time. I felt very ashamed, embarrassed to figure out about myself this late in life. Yeah. Now confronted with who I really was versus who I should be. And I, I just got very depressed. I got very upset with myself. I got um, pretty disillusioned with some aspects of my childhood and stuff. And honestly, I just, I didn't look at myself with any kindness or grace. I was just like, dude, you blew it. How did you not know this? And, and it just, it just spiraled, you know, depression talks to itself. It, it, sure. I mean, it feeds itself and you just, it, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work. And for me, a lot of prayer and just to like, to, it's a fight, you know, depression, you can't passively sort of leave depression. You have to take initiative. You have to stay active and stay in the fight to get out. So yeah, it, it was, yeah. it was rough. And it's tough to face too, because it, like you said, you have to see what the flaws are within you and then be willing to actually change them because a lot of people just stay comfortable doing the same things, even if it's harmful or painful to their self-psyche or their confidence or their even physical ability to do anything. It's just easier not to confront it, right? Because most people don't like confrontation. So to actually be able to look at that and say, you know, I'm going to actually do something about it is a huge, huge deal. And, and you know, you can tell through the lyrics of this of this album and through the way that you actually put the passion in that you're you're coming from a, a very intimate and personal place where, you know, all the homegrown songs have a, a little bit of intimacy and personal aspect to them, but nothing on this level, nothing to the point. I mean, most of them are joke songs for or about, you know, girls and relationships and stuff like that. But yeah. this is so much more personal than anything I've ever seen from, you know, not just you, but from most bands that put out anything. So I think it's a very good oh, um, perspective. That's very kind to say. Thank you, Isaac. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys kind of got together, because obviously once you're had the songs and, um, you know, started working it out, um, let's talk about kind of how you guys got together, um, what you were, what was the, what was the, the journey to find the rest of the band and, and how did Taylor, who's on, on the, on the, on the show with us today, how did you kind of come in and, and get it from your guys' perspective? Cause you know, there's, there's always going to be people that say, Oh, well, this guy was in this band and this guy's in this band, but you know, whether or not they're in a band or not, they still have to want to come and join and, and play in a new yeah. band, right? <laughs> <That's a good laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. probably talk, yeah. you can share some of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I had, uh, I had kind of uh, moved to California a few years back and um, got plugged in with Adam. Uh, we both play at church together mm-hmm. and quickly realized that we had similar a little bit different but but similar mm. kind of musical backgrounds and I, I grew up in kind of like aggressive indie rock bands i guess okay. heavily influenced by bands like law dispute but also a lot of like field, field by ramen bands and things like that gotcha. and um and so we kind of had similar still some pop punk roots and just like punk roots and stuff that yeah. we related to each other um musically uh really really well and we we play with musicians of all kinds of backgrounds and so to have other musicians of a similar background it just kind of made a quick connection there yeah and so when he started doing the this project you know i i was like oh i'll I'll play live for you and i i mean i i only ever played like other than in church like in my in growing up in bands, I'd only ever played bass in bands. And so I kind yeah. of assumed I would play bass. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, yeah, cool. So here's the guitar parts. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. So I started working on the guitar parts. And yeah, uh, it was just neat to connect in that regard for me and, uh, and exciting yeah. to be able to play shows again and stuff. And- yeah, I mean, we both know about I, we, I say the scene because back in the day, it was just felt like it was all sort of emo, indie, pop, like pop, punk, punk, rock, right? There's mm-hmm. all certain like, you had like sounds you like, but there's a lot of like family community within all of it, or like a knowing of who's coming yeah. through town and, and all you're that always stuff. Playing shows with playing. bands all over the spectrum yeah. too. He, yes, exactly. And he like he was in a band, Love Robot, right? Mm-hmm. He was in a band, Love Robot, great band on the on the East Coast too. Um, I think you can find all the Love Robot stuff too. Like on, yeah, most of it's still on Spotify and Apple Music and things sorry, like it's that. It's really, really good music. Um, but anyhow, so you know, you know how that goes. Like when you have those bands in common, like I could say, Lagwagon, right? Yeah, that would probably or the starting line mm-hmm. that that will probably mean nothing to like ninety five percent of anyone. But then when you hear someone, yeah. oh yeah, shows, it's like instant connection, right? It's yeah. like. Aside from being friends, like we had the connection of, of that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously, yeah, if, if you know Leg Wagon, you know that you have good taste in music. Hey, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Propaganda, all those bands, right? So, yep. um, and then, you know, I'd been in New Year's Day, which was the band after Homegrown and uh, and had, had played. I'd done studio work and stuff like that with Russell and, uh, and then obviously Anthony being in the band in New Year's Day after I, I left New Year's Day, um, just get back in touch. Like I've been in touch with them for a while, you know, um, I, I did the, I did, I pastored uh, Russell's wedding and stuff like that. So like we've had some pretty right. deep connects anyhow. And so when yeah. this actually started getting some traction, 
it, it just made perfect sense to say, hey, Russell, you're like an amazing drummer. Anthony, amazing bass player and guitar player, by the way. Um, would you consider joining? And it was an immediate, you're like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. It was, so you got a drummer and three bass players, then you converted them all to guitar. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know at rehearsal. And I'm not day, a drummer. <laughs> at rehearsal the other day, Anthony told me that the, the same thing I thought, where I like assumed I'd play bass in the band. He told yeah. me he thought the exact same thing. <laughs> when when Adam asked him to to join, he's like, "Yeah, I just assumed I'd be playing bass." <laughs> it is a common thing with rock bands of you got enough guitar players, you just need to throw somebody in that bass and get a good drummer. There you go, and we yeah. and we've got a good drummer. Ironically, I'll tell you that. we're all bass players who like have figured out how to how play to guitar. play guitar. <laughs> That's, That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's dig into the new album because, you know, like I said, I think it is a very personal, intimate collection of songs, uh, but based around that that pop punk foundation. So it makes it relatable to anyone who listens. It's not like, you know, there's some pretty deep, dark, personal, intimate uh, indie rock bands out there that'll just make it, you know, a bunch of noise in the background or, you know, clash some trash cans together and make this really weird experimental sound. So it's like, yeah, that's really personal, but I don't want to listen to that, all that stuff. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like they're doing it for this cathartic release, but you know, mm. this, it, it has that same confessional type of catharsism in it, but it definitely does. And it does have a lot of autobiographical insights about emotional discovery, personal relationships, and even being a father. Um, so it's, it's definitely a nod to the fact that you can't, you can't stay 20 years old forever. Right. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, it is still relatable because it's, it's got that, the catchy hooks. It's got the, you know, the, the, the amazing vocals, by the way, cause you even don't do falsetto on this one, which I didn't know you could do, um, which is pretty awesome. So kind of wow, tell me about you. what, what is this kind of journey of, of that, that, you know, produce, producing the album, recording the album, but also just kind of putting it all together and, and thinking about it in terms of what the last 20 years has been like. Yeah, honestly, uh, this feels like a life's work. And I certainly have ambitions for future records for Radical Radical. Um, I'd even say I probably have like 80% of the next record, like the lyrics, which yeah. again, you know, writing lyrics first, that's something to say first, is already kind of written. Um, yeah, I, honestly, you know, you get older, like you said, you can't, you kind of have to be genuine to who you are. Like, yeah. who you are in the present moment. And for me, like I realized a, a lot of times, even with the homegrown stuff, right? There was personal moments in, in some of that writing, which was true convictions of where I was. But a lot of it was also me sort of, um, if I'm honest, a little disengaged with myself and more engaged yeah. with the world around me and sort of writing from the perspective of, yeah, I see this and I see how you're hurting or whatever. And I, and I sort of entered into the story of others yeah. and was able to, kind of feel it you know and write it yeah if that makes sense it's and like character just... writing right you're you're building it from a character that isn't necessarily you yeah still true but just not that personal you know I, and honestly i don't know if i'd have felt released in my younger years to say that uh this sounds sad but i don't, I don't know that i've said like am i really that important or worthwhile to share something so deeply personal like that that probably to me almost would have felt like um presumptuous um, maybe even, uh, yeah, conceited. I, I don't know. I, you know, like yeah. I said, I was, I was wrestling with a lot of internal things, you know, that I was processing later in my forties. Um, mm -hmm. but at this point I realized in life, I'm like the people who are the most vulnerable with me and are the most like open and honest with their brokenness, where they're at are the people that I come the closest to or the yeah. people I feel like have a right to speak into my life. Mm -hmm. 
So I knew I needed to be that that person. Like their songs, like Middle Age Masterpiece, right? W what teenager is going to relate to that? I thought, but who's going to relate to that? I'm I'm singing a song that almost demographically, like it excludes this whole thing. And I'm like, like categorizes, categorizes, this is for you if you're 40, you know, 50, whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to constrain myself to the, that type of thinking. This is genuinely how I feel. And I think just in that, that genuineness, it's going to connect anyway, because I can hear country songs and things about experiences, stories, stuff in music that has no relation to me, but I can enter into that story and the truth of it. And, you know, and that, and that just raw expression and I'm in, and I may not yeah. totally relate, but I'm in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so radical radicals kind of, in a sense, is that it's that offering, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting because you say like, you know, as a, as a young person, you probably don't relate to it as well, but I remember being young and hearing Billy Joel's piano man or Bruce Springsteen's glory days and thinking that's how I'm going to be when I get old. I'm going to think back on all these people that, you know, all, all they ever thought about was high school was this great thing. And, and after that, like all they ever talk about is how cool they were in high school. And I'm like, I never want to be that. So like I'm, I'm relating <laughs> to these 40 year old guys as like an 18 year old. So there is some, some relatability to that. It's, it's like, you know, seeing somebody who who has lived through that and just understanding it not everybody's going to have that experience but you know i i, I personally you know did enjoy that and, and and bands like cursive i don't know if you even know cursive but um oh, yeah. Asher, he, he writes really aggressively about you know the regrets he's had over the year and it's like i don't have the same regrets but damned if that doesn't hit really hard when you listen to him talk about the regrets yeah. that he has so um it yeah. is it's very interesting and, and when when you get personal it tends to become a lot more interesting so I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. And, 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 and to say there, there's a place for songs that are just dance tunes or right songs for a moment. It's not like everything yeah. has to be, you know, you're just, you're bleeding out in, you know, <laughs> through the musical notes, right. There's a, there's a place for everything, but yeah. I think, I think there is just something that there's just a, I don't know, there's a level of respect for just being sincere about where you're at. Right. Yeah. And that's not to say that your your all your songs are like super sad because they're not they're not sad yeah. they're they're reflective right so they're they're reflective they're yeah better, yeah they'll get yeah they'll get they'll get yeah. people well, dancing you get feel better after listening to it right you feel yeah. better you don't feel like worse like yeah man, like, <laughs> so like hopefully there's a sense of like hopefulness and expectation yeah. for what could be and what the next steps are you know that's that's what yeah. I hope people would leave with the record yeah I think I think that's a very good way to put it and I, I like that because you know as much as, as much as things affect us, we don't, we don't get broken by them. We either, we either don't deal with them or we, we learn from them and grow. Right. So that's how yeah. I, I think people think that you're broken by the mistakes that you make, but that's, that's a total mindset thing that if you think that you're not broken, you're just in the same position you always were. You can, you can take that and, and make yourself better. So um, I, I like that way to think about well said. it. So, well said. Love yeah. that. Thanks. Um, so then you have songs like misfit toys. And, and like you said, middle-aged masterpiece that basically talk about how you aren't perfect how you wouldn't really change, but you wouldn't really change the things you've done to get the result to where you are now. So that's kind of like that, that like, you know, stuff happens to you. How do you respond to it? Right. So do you ever look yeah. back and think like, you know, if a couple of things were differently, maybe things would be different now, better now, or, you know, it's, it's kind of like a pretty human thing to think about, but some people don't want to think about it much for various reasons. So do you ever have that moment? Uh, you can share it too. I, I I'd say, Right. Everything leads you kind of to where like, it's, I think you already said that really well, how it's what you do with those moments, with those feelings, with that brokenness, like you know, it doesn't define you, but it helps. It doesn't, it doesn't define you, but it helps refine you. Right. In that yeah. sense. Um, 
but certainly I, I would I would be lying if I didn't say that I there weren't regrets that I had, you know, and you know, not to get in a huge laundry list of things, but you know, some of the ways that, like I acted in my younger years and treated people, um, you know, I wish there's some things I wish I could change and do better. Um, yep. Again, it all, it all gets, there's, there's a redemption in it, but still when you hurt people, you hurt people. Right. And I, I'd rather not done those things. Um, I would have rather in the past been more appreciative. Like I think of like, like the homegrown years. Right. I mean, think of how formative that was for me as a musician even where I'm at now on Radical Radical, like a greater appreciation even for what was or being on tour. And um, and I did appreciate it. But you know what I mean? Like really taking it in, like being yeah. present in the moment and stuff like that. I just I just didn't know. You know, I wasn't aware enough of who I was as a person. And, you know, you just kind of, yeah. you just sort of ride in the cloud in a sense, you well, know? I think the, the thing, line that they say is the youth is wasted on the young, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. So, you know, things like that, sure, you know, it, it, to the degree that I'm hurting people and stuff like that, I yeah, definitely have regrets, um, yeah. but I'm so grateful for, you know, the fruit that what's come out of stuff, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I was, I was just joking um, before coming in for this podcast, I was joking with some people just like batting stories around and I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I sucked when I was younger. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I look back at things and I'm like, I was the worst. Yeah. Like things, things I said to to some people and stuff, and just like general attitudes, like arrogance and stuff that I had, and um, and like you said, like I I wish I hadn't been like that. I wish yeah. I'd been like a mm. better person yeah. at times. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you can't like you can't live with shame for those things because you can't you can't change them. I mean, you can go back to those people and try to like reconcile, know, reconcile the best you can. and the best like, you can. like bring whatever healing is, is possible. Yeah. But you can't like those things happened. Yeah. Whether, whether you're proud of them or not. Um, and so, like you said, like you just kind of, you have to learn from them. You have to, to grow from them and you have to, like just learn to, to be better. I remember having a conversation with someone one time and I was like, just starting at this point to like get on a little bit of this journey of like, like personal growth and, and yep. stuff. And, um, and, uh, she said to me, she goes, she goes, Oh, I'm pretty good where I'm at right now. I don't really feel like I need to grow. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like you, <laughs> like, especially like being on the journey of it, it it was like, it, I mean, it's it was like familiar. When I like look back at, it, I'm like, oh yeah, like a lot of people have that mindset. Yeah, but the yeah. fact that she put it to words so confidently <laughs> was almost shocking. Yeah, and highlighted even like the fact, I'm like, More oh, where you're at, <laughs> you really do need to grow, actually. <laughs> yeah. but, but like we all do, it's just like it's it's coming to that like realization of no matter how far along the journey you are, like. You know, I'm sure you would say now, like you haven't arrived. No. Right? Like there's still there's still growth. There's still things that I do and say that hurt people. Yeah. And yeah. like I need to I, I try every day to do less of that mm -hmm. and grow and, and practice the things that make that second nature and like like be conscious of the things that, that hurt people and choose to do the things that don't so that 
I can become unconsciously competent in good. the yeah, things like that. that are healthy and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can put makeup on your face to make yourself, you know, more attractive or whatever, but you take away all the, you know, the, the physical appearance stuff. And if you look at somebody's like soul or whatever you want to call it, their inner, their inner personality, you can't put makeup over that. You actually have to change that structurally or fundamentally to actually make that better. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife is an esthetician, so she does skincare. So <laughs> I would say like you can put makeup on it, but that won't treat the issue. You actually have to do the skincare yeah. to yeah. make the skin healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So um, the the actually the 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 song Misfit Toys is a reference I'm sure from the the island of Misfit Toys from the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer yeah. cartoon. Maybe yeah. people don't know that that thing still exists, but it's been there for like <laughs> 65 years or whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, it's kind of been synonymous with being an outcast and finding a oh, community of outcast as well. Yeah. What in the? Oh my god. <laughs> nice. yeah, the other heads in the back, you can see. Yeah, from the that's video. What, yeah. In, in the music video, that's what my son wore. That's awesome. Fits you pretty well. So, yeah. how do you think that 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 status of misfit toy? Because you obviously talk about it in the song, but how do you think that status applies to now versus it did when you were younger? Well, see, yeah, and so so everything like lyrically is, is there's an it's 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 embedded with me. Does that does that mm -hmm. make sense? Like my whole childhood. It's like honestly, it's my whole life almost in a record. Like there's a lot of my life in it. I grew up with those movies like every christmas time those would come around uh i love the time lapse stuff you know timber and stuff like i love all of that time i was always drawn to it and so i'd always mm -hmm. watch those shows and that I one i still don't know how they have the patience to do that by the way to do the little did you yeah and i was young i probably probably hadn't even turned 13 yet and it's like yeah a little like like action figures and stuff and trying to i tried to make i it was probably the finished product was probably 15 seconds. seconds long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But those, that's like I, that, that feeling like a misfit, like feeling like you're on a, you're on the wrong Island. Yeah. That, that's kind of the feeling like, so like those moments like that, that movie and that moment in the movie just resonated with me, like my feelings. Cause so much was, I was digging up even from my childhood, teenage years. And when that song is being written, like when I was thinking about that, yeah, Misfit, I feel like I'm on that island right now, you know, and the yeah. song just sort of started evolving, like thinking through those childhood feelings, thinking about where I was now, where I wanted to be. And so it was kind of embedded in into it, you know, some of the stuff yeah. like the artwork and things like that, some of the video stuff, you know, there's like old Atari systems, there's things from my childhood. The music video was recorded in my parents' garage. Oh, wow. Um, the the outdoor scenes that we were walking in um was recorded in I was, I was born and raised in santa Ana, california and so there's like a little art district area over by where i lived where i'd often go like skateboard and stuff like that so even the location i wanted to be like meaningful to like how, where i grew up as a kid like the things that were common to me mm -hmm. and so everything about it was not, not everyone's gonna get that i'm not gonna be like oh that's the place where adam but you know I mean, but for me as an artist, I see it and it has deep meaning for me. And some people yeah. catch it. Some won't care. It doesn't matter. But to me, I'm just well, trying to Easter egg trivia stuff that, you know, that you're building out there that you can uh, tell people, you know, hey, this is a little trivia. If you ever do a, a radical, radical trivia night at a pub. A little pop-up video. Remember the pop-up yeah. videos? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is man, where. That yeah. was like my favorite thing back in the day, getting all that trivia yeah. behind the video. Behind the scenes. Yeah, cool. Actually, Misfit Toys would be a great one to do that on. Be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's 
Well, I'll ask one more question about a song and then we'll talk about some other stuff here. But um, sure. the song Hazel, uh, I have to ask who that's about because it seems like it's about a young woman or a child, but it seems a bit confrontational as well. And it's hard to pin down. And I know you don't have any daughters. You have three, three sons, correct? Three boys. Yeah. Yeah. So who's that song written for? <laughs> is it is it your eyes yeah. your eyes it's okay. me okay it's yeah it's me excellent so what? hazel hazel yeah because i mean it starts out with like a, a soft piano part so it almost sounds like it's going to start out like a love song and then kind of gets confrontational and just like many of the other songs and they're like hello my name is adam or whatever the actual song title is you're looking at yourself right so you're looking in the mirror at yourself yep. talking to yourself so it's yeah it's great I much, actually, yeah but, i was gonna say that that one too is like it's it's almost like a you know because you know faith is a big part of my journey too mm -hmm. so it's almost like a like a conversation almost with like with god of me like i'm here to crash this pity party i'm here to rain on your black parade i'm here to finish what you started um because you and i both know what's at stake you know that type of thing it's like a you know people could take that as just a, a you know conversation at you know, between who they are, really are and their ego type yeah. thing too, obviously. But for me, it's almost like a, um, you know, it's like God talking to me saying, Hey, let's, 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 fin let's, let's finish this. You know, you're not stuck. We're moving. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'd never have known the color of your eyes until just now. So that's a good catch. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that's the fun thing about art, right? Like, like there's, I, I think there's not everything being so overt, right? Things being sure, poetic yeah. so that there is, there is something that you can, you can find yourself in, in a way that it's not so pigeonholed. Right. Yeah. It's like, this means this and this it's like, no, yeah. this could, this could, I, it, it hits me this way. Right. People yeah. have different interpretations of songs and stuff. And I think like a song like Hazel has room for a lot of that too. But for me, you know, it was, it meant that for me. Yeah. It's super, yeah. super catchy too. Cause the, the, the hook gets stuck in my head for like three, four days after I listened to it. I'm like, all right, I'll sing and, that over and over and over. And I'll, real quick. And I love, I'll tell you what I love about that song because it goes, it's in the key of B, right? Yeah, B, and then it goes to a, a G minor, but the, and then the hook goes to a major, the major third, right? Instead of doing the minor third. Yes, yeah, it does a, a major chord on the on the third. Hazel, hey, which is oh. weird. The third which is weird. Minor. It should be yeah. minor, but it's major. But it fit the melody I wanted, and I was like, "Ooh, that's cool," because it's it's a little odd, but it helps. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes oh, does, songwriters, yeah. you you try really hard to put in the odd because you want to impress or you want to have more to offer than yep. just a standard progression. You want to do some augmented or some diminished or some passing chord because it it just changes the song. It feels more advanced than whatever, you know? Like some, I have those feelings sometimes in my writing. I'm like, ah, oh, this is too simple or whatever. But yep. this song has you, some weird chords, some weird a, stuff in it. A magic seven in there too. Yeah, a magic seven in there. There's harmony, bass, line. There's a lot of weird stuff on it, yeah. but it, but it's not for the sake of weird. It just fit the melody, you know? Yeah. So well, I, actually talked like with Ange yeah. I talked with Angelo Celli from Bracket about that exact same thing, how they constantly take like oh, how some, some bands will actually do it on one song, but they'll do it on every single song. Right. So like, it's just incredible oh. to hear them harmonize with the the weird chords that they throw in there. Okay. So, the, so shout out to Bracket. Um, some of their earlier stuff. That was one of the first times I got exposed to the odd chords mm -hmm. and some of those things that I learned from Bracken on their early records uh, got infused in some of the writing uh, midstream for Homegrown. So, so thank you, awesome. Bracken. You may have never known that.
<laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the recording process of this actual, um, well, let's talk about the production and, and how it all came together and then how you guys are now, you know, um, I would say not essentially touring, but be able to play live shows. So how did the, the process yeah. come together for turning these songs into a full band's production? Because you have to take the ideas from a single person, transform it with the rest of the band. And then how did you guys actually record it, the album? What Did you guys go into a studio? Did you guys do it yourselves? Uh, did you work with anybody on the actual production side? Should I take that part and you take the, the band I'll, part? I'll take the band part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so right now I'm recording. This is this is my studio. Mm -hmm. So it happens to be my office where I work as well. And every the entire record was was recorded in this room awesome. so every everything so um on this obviously not live and that goes out with saying um but i recorded everything on the record so you know programming drums bass guitars mixing mastering all of it was done here so yeah. and, and i had uh, a feeling that was the case because a lot of the stuff sounds like you you kind of did it yourself. No, I'm not saying that it's bad. It's, it's, you can kind of see the, the layered progressions as you go through and listen to it. Whereas if you play it all together as a band, you you probably have a bit of a bigger sound together because somebody mm -hmm. will want to like turn their volume up or do this or that. But, you know, even when you bring it down to just a baseline and you're actually playing some pretty intricate baselines and while singing, and I'm like, did he actually play that while singing or did he just play that and then learn how to figure out the, the <laughs> how to sing to that later? Cause it's pretty <laughs> intricate. So, um, is that kind of how you did it? I mean, just one at a time, like, did you start with bass and lyrics or do you start with guitar and lyrics or how that go? Uh, I would start with drums and then okay. for me, songwriting, I, when I, when I write a song, I hear the whole thing done. I, I, I don't know how to explain that. As soon as I start writing a song in my head, I already hear the guitar parts. I hear the bass. I hear the strings. I, I, I just hear, I hear the harmonies yep. for me. It already sounds like a finished thing. So I'm just building. Okay, well, I want drums. I want to lock in the bass with the drums. I know the guitars are going to layer in this way. Then I might add a little bit of like percussion, like ear candy stuff. You know, you get the vocals, thinking of some delay throws. It might sound cool. Some panning production, you know. So for me, I kind of sort of build up from the drums up and then think about how you're going to create some more interest for the song um, and make sure that the song's constantly evolving. For me, like, I say that's where my like ADD plays to advantage for me yep. <laughs> because if you listen to the song every, every and these, these guys have to suffer through this because if you listen to every verse and every course of every song, there's no copy pasting things or whatever. Yep. The, the riffs will almost always change for the guitarist. So and for the bass too, for the most part, if you listen to the record and listens to it, there is no verse one sounds like verse two. There will be at yep. least, two to three changes in instrument in, in the instrumentation playing um, and then changes in the harmonies that come or harmonies that aren't there. So yeah. that for me, I want people to experience this song and feel like if I want to hear that part again, I got to listen to I got to go back and listen to it. It's going to come and it's gone. Yeah. Not just like, Oh, you just, you copy paste that and put it in three choruses and you called it good. I, I can't do that. It's, it's something's got to be special as the song moves to where you want to keep listening. And like nice. vocally do like different, even just like uh, a single note, uh, yeah. right? Like yeah. where it's just like a different inflection on chorus three because the song is like culminating. Yeah. 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 Yep. And so, okay. So everything, so Taylor will answer this. Everything's written, right? They said, mm -hmm. they said, yeah, let's do this. Let's play. And 
then okay now how do we play yeah <laughs> how did how do we how did we figure this out yeah it's modern, pretty cool modern technology yeah. is so awesome so yeah. we, have, uh, we we use this this app called prime from a company called loop community and so able to take all of the stems from the record and bounce them down and put them into this this app and then add us to like a, a set list that's got all the songs on it. It's like a team share thing. Yeah. yeah. So I can I can pull up Prime on my phone or iPad or whatever and take a look at the the stems and say, oh, I want, you know, and let me solo the guitar so I can yeah. figure out part. Okay, cool. Now I need to rehearse. Let me actually pull out the guitar. Um, I don't need so much of the backing vocals. I'll pull those down and it's they like get to mix it themselves so I can pull things wow. down. Um, it's got uh, like a, a click, a metronome in there. It even has, uh, if you like segment the song within the software, it'll even give you like a guide track that tells you when like the chorus is coming or the verse <laughs> or bridge. Like it's pretty amazing. You have it there. What's what? Sorry, I can't. Is, are you saying it's prime? Yeah, it's uh, like Optimus. It's Prime. Okay. Now I'm not going to get in any trouble with any copyright or anything. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, you can <laughs> you can soul out whatever instrument you want. That's awesome. Um, that's very cool. Okay, now turn off so you don't get him in trouble. What are you doing? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Go. Ah! That should be fine as long as you give me yeah. permission to have it being. You recorded. have permission. Yeah. Excellent. You have there permission. It's on air. It's official. <laughs> yeah. It's an, a verbal contract. There you go. Yeah. Um, that was yeah, the song yeah. Hazel, obviously, in, in the background. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, so we got uh, those tracks, and we're able to learn them kind of all at home because we, uh, Russell and Anthony, don't live quite as close to us. Mm -hmm. We live very close to each other, and and we rehearse here. Mm -hmm. uh, we see each other all the time obviously and so but they they are they're close to each other but you know 30 40 minutes away depending so on so basically on a different planet i mean basically yeah. california that's that's far away it is yeah <laughs> and uh and so we're each able to kind of practice and learn our parts and then come together yeah and rehearse and i mean the first time we got together to rehearse the the benefit of technology like that is that we had never, I'd never been in the same room as Anthony and Russell before our first rehearsal. And we plugged in and played a song. And it's awesome. Sounded great. It was, it, it was like, oh, that, that's great. I, let's go to the next song. And we'd never played before as a band. Yeah. But I mean, of course, that speaks to their, their level of right musicianship and like yeah. doing the homework or whatever, because everyone at home made sure they knew their parts. Yeah. So it was it was pretty effortless. I mean, everyone's just such conditions. It makes it easy. You know? Yeah. I mean, it feels good to play with other professionals, too, because I, I played with people where I had to drag people up and try to make them play better and like force them to be good at their instrument. And then I played with people who are just good and, and pick it up right away. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is refreshing. So I, I can imagine <laughs> that's that totally... <laughs> feel good for that first practice yep. for sure. Yeah, we, yeah. Yep, we know. We know. We know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So another thing I want to dig into, you guys have been talking about this well, is uh, you've actually become a worship pastor over the years, Adam. And, um, you know, obviously yeah. it's, it's, it's active, it's active in your, in your, um, in your life. And, you know, I was just curious if there was something that ignited that, uh, that kind of faith or even just the ignited you to take a leadership role in your faith. Hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was a teenager and then once I got in like the band, like homegrown years and stuff like that. Um, and this is no, this is not casting any shadow or shades on it and whatever. I just had, I had a personal convictions, whatever. And then, you know, you kind of go the way of the Buffalo. I'm like, yeah, you start, you start just getting in that scene. You start doing whatever. And then I just sort of yeah. cast my faith to the side and I'm like, ah, whatever. Like I'd, I'd feel a little, little pricks every once in a while. Like, that's not cool. You know, like that's not yeah. you. you, you know, you just kind of override it over time until like a lot of my life sort of fell apart like my girlfriend had broke me up with me at the time you know we're torn 10 months out of the year i have nothing really to come home to and so i kind of hit like a low in a sense mm -hmm. and just conversations with god again like man what's happening and he just honestly he's just speaking to me going what are you doing with your life and i'm like i don't know and he's like all right let's do something new yeah. like are you willing to, are you willing to give this up and these are the conversations i had and i had to wrestle with and i'm like this is my world he's like are you willing to give it up and i was like yeah, if you think it's best for me, I'll do it. And so his answer for me was like, yeah, it's time to let it go. I have something else for you. And so as you can imagine, like with Homegrown, like that affects all of our lives, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty brutal and I love them and uh, still do. We still talk. And um, but uh, so I had, I, I quit Homegrown at that point because I, I knew my life was going in kind of a different direction than where I was with a band. And uh I felt like I wanted to be in full-time ministry and that took a long time. And that took, when I got married, I did like drywall. I sold patio furniture. So you can imagine probably a lot of musicians that can relate to this when you're a touring musician and that's your income, by the way, it's not a ton, you know, yeah, it's not like you're going home and you're, it's not a ton. you're, not, you know, you're not making it. You know, we'd sell a lot of shows. We do really well, Trout, you know, go around the earth and, and, um, but it's not like I was rolling or anything, you know, you're still kind of yeah. getting by. And, uh, so you just have to make things work, right? You, you do drywall, you do electrical work, you do whatever you can because your skill playing bass doesn't translate to the real world. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So through that, I had a relationship with the pastor. I'm at here still with the church. And uh, he had a conversation one day um, with me, just inviting me saying that he felt like God was saying that I'm the guy for the job. And he took me sight unseen. He took me not seeing that I had even sort of led worship music in that capacity at all. He just felt like the Lord said, Hey, this is the right time. I felt it too. And I was like, let's do this. And yeah. um, yeah. And so it's cool. Kind of the redemption of even all the things like I'd learned in music in the past. And I was super green back then and uh, really green. And, uh, but still being able to use some of those things, skills, talents, and like to like get a band together and have fun like that um, yeah. to like invest in people and grow them up as musicians. Like this having like a conversation with you, you know, it's like talking about the real things in life that matter. Like, yeah. what's really going on, you know, like what's, what's happening at that deeper level so that we can like get more free and stuff. Yeah. Those are just conversations I'm afforded to have all the time. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a real, it's a real honor to do that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. and so, you know, I'm not personally that religious. My dad actually is in a, in a church band as well. He plays guitar. Well, actually he plays bass, but he is a guitarist. So he, he's converted the other way, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Church band as well. Uh, I'm not personally they can get sometimes, man. You play yeah. guitar? Not really. All right, get on the guitar. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, I'm not like a, a religious person by any means. I do have, you know, um, I guess spirituality of some sort, but not, not a conviction to a religion. But, um, yeah. the one thing I think, you know, people will say is, oh, you know, this is, I don't want to listen to this now because I've just heard Adam talk about Christ and Christianity and faith. And so this has got to be a Christian album, which I don't think it is at all. I think you say the word God one time in the whole album. Um, and, and, and I don't think it should be something that they should be concerned about because it's, it's what we're talking about with real life issues, right? Like just because you have a certain faith doesn't change your perspective on how you deal with things, uh, as a person, right? It's just, you know, you, you come from a different lens versus them, but what does that matter? And, and have you ever thought about like, you know, what does it like, what does it matter to you or, or does it, uh, does the, um, you know, outside perspective ever come across in your writing when you're thinking like, you know, oh man, I'm in a punk band. I can't really write deep religious stuff into my um, music or is it just something that you just don't feel like is appropriate because you want to keep it more relatable or something? I'm just, honestly, it's just kind of the raw feelings that I have about myself or the things happening around me. Like you said, sometimes like, you know, God comes up in a song, like the word gets it. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, well, there's just a lot of for, anti-religious people that say the word God in their music way more than Christian music because they're like obviously and, talking and to be honest, I, I I'm not I'm not proposing this at all. But even as you saying, God, I need your help. You know, someone yeah. could take that and Misfit Toys and just be like, you're asking someone like, God, I, that's not my heart for it. But I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's yeah. not like a, a worship album per se. But for for me, for for me personally, just being genuine, who I am, what I'm going through, for me, that's that's worship. I don't have to be like telling you, you got to do this and you got you got to believe yeah. this like that's that's not the point the point is just being honest and vulnerable with people and how that unlocks people and have conversations that actually matter yeah. so you're right it doesn't no I don't, I don't feel confined to it or feel like i have to be preachy or something like that you know yeah i'm just available you know yeah that makes sense. i'm yeah. just available like people want to talk cool you like the music just because you like the songs and the hooks like i have a and their kids love it their kids are singing it all the time they just love them yep. sweet yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> just enjoy it so just enjoy it. yeah just enjoy it just you enjoy know it. don't over don't know you know don't overthink it it's really helpful and you want to think about it think about it but you know like enjoy it you know and yeah maybe it'll maybe it'll, maybe it'll give language for a part of your journey you're going through at some point too where you're like yeah that resonates with me that kind of helps me a little bit that gives me a different perspective or whatever that type of thing but hopefully yeah. fires on all kinds of levels you know and yeah, I, I feel awesome. like if, I mean, it's not exactly my question to answer, but if like, like there's such a, a, a message of hope in the, in the record and at the, like at the end of the day for you, like where, where does that hope lie? It, it lies in Jesus for, mm-hmm. for us. And so if that's, if that's helpful for someone, if, if that like, if someone's going through something and they're feeling hopeless, well, you know, Adam wrote a record that is full of hope. So yeah, yeah. you have a, a place to look. Yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah. way to say it. Yeah. Cause mo- it, it doesn't matter if you have the faith or not of, of whatever religion. Cause you know, there's millions of religions probably on, on, on the planet earth. But if you, if you're looking for hope, you can, you can get it a lot in music. And that's, I think, beyond faith and religion, you can get that inspiration, that, that fire, that, um, you know, the, the regeneration of your, of your passion and your soul. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast and why I've been playing music since I was 11 years old is 
it's a release, but it's also a regeneration. It feels like you're building something every single time you play an instrument or write a new song or, you know, talk to people like you guys. When, when I get the chance to interview people, it's, it's, it's so good to like, just have that expression and, and understand art from artist perspective, because if you don't understand that and, 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 and you just let it pass you over, that's one thing. But if you do understand it, it can raise a whole level of new awareness for you. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about the name. You're very um, well spoken, Isaac. So I, I can just say, I can just agree with what <laughs> I just go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything you're saying is just brilliant, man. I love it. Well, so it's, my, it's my, I'm so bright. My daddy calls me son. Oh, <laughs> oh we can do the dad <laughs> joke thing. We can do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's talk about the name because yeah. when you first hear the name Radical Radical, you think, oh man, that's lazy. Like they just took the name Radical and then I don't know the Radical. It's, it's Are they the saying that? Who? Yeah. Who's <laughs> saying that? What? <laughs> Let me get their address. <laughs> it's obviously the, there's they? a noun and an adjective. Like a radical is a person who is is of radical extremism or whatever, like somebody who's yep. hyperactive about something. Then the phrase radical also is an adjective of like how cool it is or awesome it is. So to be a radical radical is actually not uh, just two words in a row. It's two two words that mean something different, yes. but just happen to be the same same actual word, right? Yeah, that's it. And um, so Isaac's smarter than I am. I did not get <laughs> that. that. No, uh, <laughs> I learned it when we were doing a podcast and you said that. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk about that more than apparently for all those yeah. naysayers. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's a description. It's a noun, right? So uh, so it has it has that sense. And then also has, it hails back to, because I'm a, I'm a child who grew in the 80s. Radical was a very familiar cell term, right? So there's a little bit of nostalgia there. And then also, if you look in the, lo the logo that we have, it's, um, it's two R's. If you pull it apart, it's two R's that are just embedded into one another. Yeah. And I made the R's so they're they're facing one another, just like this project is. It's like me facing myself yep. and that journey. So even in that, it has meaning. It folds over on itself. It's the radical facing the radical Super at that point. Super deep shit right there. <laughs> Bro, it, it, that's what I'm saying. Everything I'm telling you, everything about this project, if you want to add, it has, there's, there's, you know, I'm not just saying this to, you know, just to yeah. say it, but there's 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 deep level and meaning behind all of it that I sort of had to labor through. Yeah. But for me, it just fires on all kinds of levels, radical, radical, and what that means, what that means yeah. for me. Yeah, and, and I, I tried to actually draw. I literally tried to draw that symbol uh, yeah. with the two R's. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't. I, I can't draw this. Thing. <laughs> Yeah. I know what it looks like and it looks awesome. And I'm like, I can't figure out how that's two R's, but it does make sense, but I can't figure out how to draw it. <laughs> oh, you go. Here's the, here's the, I just saw this. Where did it go down there? There's the picture from the record yep. on the cover album. That's me. Uh, I grew up as a child in the desert. We go to the desert all the time. So that the record cover is me out nice. in the desert. I felt like it looked like how I felt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't I forget it. Just I was looking, it. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, the, I can't uh, draw on there though, can I? That's uh, all right. We well, yeah, can try. That's, that's not. It's that's it. not going to translate. I'm all. Yeah. Can I even do it? Let's see if you can draw it because I was pretty poor at it. Mm, I don't know if that passes the test. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. 
that's better than mine. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a circle on top of like a triangle that looks like yeah. it's a person kind of as well. It's kind of a, it's got a lot of like, I mean, artistically speaking, it looks like a lot of different images if you really give it the Rorschach test. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to like, we'll have to do a top down sometime of you actually drawing it out. So, so that people, people go, can oh, see, see the pen yeah, strokes. It's an actual R. R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. So a lot of bands uh, are sort of taking a break from touring for pandemic reasons, but you guys also probably obviously had that same thing happen to you. But um, also, I think a lot of bands realize that there are parts of life that are equally more important than going out and spending months and months on the road for basically peanuts, as you've mentioned before, where you can stay yeah. home, create records, you know, put out the music and still not have to travel as much. So are you guys doing any touring to support this new album uh, beyond the, I think you've played like two or three shows already, but any more beyond that? Uh, we have a show coming up on November 20th. I mean, that's a few days away. That's doing uh going to be doing like a homegrown acoustic covers of the homes that I, I wrote in uh in homegrown, some songs I wrote and then some radical radical songs, acoustic. And we got a show in December coming up, but honestly, the, I think the plan is just to sort of grow the tri-state area a little bit, kind of a focus on California mostly, and just do some touring, uh, partner with friends and, you know, do videos and things like that we did with uh, you know, um, Mario with Nights Like Thieves. Like we partnered with him to do uh, the I Feel Like I Want To videos came out yeah. and uh, going to be doing some collaboration with him as well, like, like some songwriting collab stuff with him. But uh, not just continuing to be creative, like, play shows together because we really enjoy playing it live i think this record um, plays out really well live um, i think mm -hmm. it really comes to life and uh, like we do we did for our record release we have a whole uh and and we'll change it from show to show as the show affords that can handle we can handle it or whatever but we do a whole um movie like a video slideshow that's mm -hmm. for each song so like when we played chain reaction there was a video playing behind us the whole time that we got the lyrics as we sang them um, imagery floating around different scenes things that related to the music so that the art was kind of another level and i saw that in a band called there's a band from denmark called mew which i always see when they come through town and i first saw that with them the synchronized video art with the music yeah. and i thought i thought man if i could do that one day and i finally knew it enough i'm i'm, I'm a you know I'm a poor man's creator in that sense i know enough <laughs> at least that's what i wanted Canva and simple things that I tools that I can use to put together videos to help match the music. But yeah, I think well, our aspirations is than, to enjoy it. I was going to say it's a lot cheaper, cheaper than, than trying to recreate the wall by Pink Floyd like they do, where they have this giant construction of all the stuff around the stage and stuff. Oh, I haven't oh, even like seen set, that. the set design. Yeah. yeah, this yeah this is easier. Just find a good wall. Like yeah, we just put a white <laughs> sheets in the back and just project, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think our aspirations are just. To enjoy each other's friends, play shows. We we enjoy being together at rehearsals, like just hanging out, laughing, talking, um, playing some shows, uh, being creative online with you know video ideas, song remixes, collaborations, things like that, and just seeing what happens. You know, because this isn't like our bread and butter or whatever. We love it, passionate about it, but at the end of the day, this isn't like our financial livelihood right on this. This is more just man, we really enjoy this. So let's yeah. let's do what we can that mm -hmm. that works within healthy margins, margins, boundaries with family and work yeah. life and just enjoy it, you know? Yeah. If you ever uh, decide to take a weekend trip to Vegas and play a show, I'll be here. 
uh, you book me a show out there and let's talk. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll find something. I'd take okay. a trip. Yeah, we'll take a trip. If you can get us a show right. booked out there, we'll come to Vegas. How's that, Isaac? Fantastic. Seriously. I will, uh, I'll get on it. I know some, yeah. I know some bands and we could probably put some together. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Heard it here first. Cool. We'll make Let's it happen. It. We'll make it happen. Make it I'll, happen, I'll, man. I'll find a way. Also, okay. by the way, I'm do we're doing a charity golf tournament next April. So you could come out and hang out for that as well. So that's like uh, April 22nd or 21st or something like that as well. So you give us a heads up and we'll figure it out. Knock some balls so, right into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have so many woods here as it's just rocks. Okay. That's actually true. <laughs> into the houses that line the golf course. Into the cactus. Yeah, that's, that's a How's lot that? more. Yeah. That's a lot more likely. <laughs> Well, cool. So we'll add some music, uh, some links to the music below and the show notes and everything. Um, awesome. Do you have anything else you'd like to plug or, or anything that you like to say to fans and those fans that haven't yet you know, haven't yet discovered you guys before we go today? Yeah, well, I think our, our best point of connection right now is on Instagram. Uh, love direct messages. We get back to everything. We do a lot of content there. Got a YouTube channel. Just search Radical Radical. We have two music videos out that I'm super proud of. Uh, one for Misfit Toys, one that just came out for I Feel Like I Want To. And um, be on the lookout for like some new like synthwave remixes. That's going to be fun. Uh, local shows. I'm Taylor's going to fall over. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, man, I'm just grateful. Thank you to everybody who's even back from the old days who's kind of joined up. Um, major shout out to, the, to Homegrown. Um, for all the incredible years and even how it sort of helped shape me and form me for what this project is now. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to what comes next year. I feel like it's just started, you know, honestly, it's just started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the record just came out, what, like October, right? So just last month, wasn't it? Maybe two, two months ago. I mean, like a month ago. It's, it's new. Yeah. It's new. <laughs> Go it's listen because I'm like I feel if like everything is like three like months homegrown, longer. You know, yeah. a fan of homegrown. You know, drive through record sound. It's definitely got some 2000s pop punk nostalgia, but with a little bit of modern twist production. Obviously, lyrically a little bit. Um, yeah, more introspective, yeah. personal. Not necessarily but. written for high school kids, but has that same pop music style for for a punk. Unless they were high school kids like you, Isaac, then it is written for them. Yeah. <laughs> I was once in high school. How did you know that? <laughs> well, awesome. So, guys, I want to thank uh, Radical Radical Adam and Taylor from uh, from Radical Radical uh, for the awesome conversation today. And if you haven't checked out their music yet, make sure to go to the show notes below this episode to check out their music because it is awesome and radical. If you like what you heard on the show, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends on social media. You can see the full interview on our YouTube channel as well. Also, if you want to check out some of our written content or any of the products or merch that we have available, go to poweredbyrock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog full of album reviews, interviews, and lists to keep you entertained. And find our gear as well so you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on.